Please remain standing for the reading of scripture today, which comes to us out of the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, beginning in verse 16. We read Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I invite you to be seated. Let's pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, as scripture is read, as word is proclaimed, help us hear with joy what you say to us this day in your name. Amen. If you could name one thing that you hate most about driving, what would it be? Let me tell you my least favorite thing about driving. Traffic lights. Can I get an amen? You're going down the road just fine. The light is green. And as you get just close enough where you can't make it, boom! Yellow light. I am convinced that them suckers know that I'm coming. And wait just long enough until I can't make it through. Because the reaction is press and go. Amen. (laughs) If I'm close enough. Or you have to stop. My first look is who, is who is sitting there. If nobody's sitting there, my distance for press and go expands. And I really don't like it when the light changes and there's nobody sitting on the other side waiting to go. Have you experienced that? That sucker will change on the main road and there's nobody waiting to turn out. The light at 425 by uh, Superfoods is bad about that. Okay, I digress. We all have things that we, that we don't like, but, but especially this one, and, and if we're in a hurry, you know, it, it, it gets worse, we get more agitated, and I've, I've really started looking into this, and, and I don't know if it's having to slow down and stop that aggravates me more, or if it's just the fact that I have no control over that light. And the light has total power and authority in that, in that mind. Are you with me? What else does this remind you of? Perhaps our lives. Some of us, some of us live at 90 miles an hour. And as soon as life throws us a yellow light, we get really frustrated, upset. Or in the case of the disciples this morning... And perhaps many of us, when we're driving, the feeling of powerlessness. Everyone say powerlessness. Powerlessness. And yes, that is a word. (laughs) So here's my question for us this morning. Where are we headed? Why are we in such a hurry to begin with? And what color is the traffic light sitting in front of us today? Does the answer to that make you feel empowered? Or does it make you feel powerless? In each of the passages that we have been going through in this series that we're on, this post-Easter series entitled uh, The Seven Next Sayings of Jesus Christ, Finding Hope in the Resurrection Sayings, 
The predominant theme, if you haven't uh, figured it out so far, the predominant theme throughout the entire series is the idea of go. Or Jesus saying to the disciples, and ultimately to us, to go. And so, through this commission that we hear this morning, this is Jesus widening the realm of the disciples' ministry. This is Jesus widening, widening and broadening the spectrum of what go means. And he's talking literally beyond Galilee, beyond Judea, beyond Jerusalem, beyond all the areas that they had been in together. The lives that they had lived before Jesus and even how their lives changed with Jesus was completely different from the lives that they were being commissioned to live now. The disciples know that life is about to be drastically different. And you want to know the problem with that? The disciples knew it and they dwelled on the difference. Hello? How often do we know that change or something is about to be different and we dwell on the difference? They knew from the way Jesus spoke to them here that things would be different and that became an instantaneous red light in their lives. The questions that probably circulated through their thoughts and their minds uh, uh, with things like, where are we going? What will we be doing? How will we survive? Can we do it without Jesus? What about the message we're bringing? Half of us aren't preachers. We're fishermen and tax collectors. We don't know how to, how to preach. What? What? What is the questions that are probably mounting? For many, for many when we hear the, the Great Commission, when we hear the go, your mission is to go and make disciples and transform the world, for some, it comes off almost, almost militaristic-like. Almost like challenge accepted. Mission beginning type thing. But, but to read these texts, we must paint the entire picture. The scene with Jesus in the mountain and, and the disciples unfolds not against the backdrop of an eager army full of missionaries ready to go into the field, but rather in a group of fragile human beings who struggle to live out extraordinary teachings amidst very ordinary lives. Sound familiar? Guess what we're still doing today? Trying to live out extraordinary teachings in very ordinary lives. The disciples here are less concerned about the world that they would transform and more intent on how their own worlds might change. Sound familiar again? How often are we afraid to respond to the calling of Jesus to go because we are more concerned with how different our lives might just have to be? 
Many of you have heard my call story, and I've told on Easter about our move to seminary. And, and whenever you become clergy in the United Methodist Church, you, the first step is the educational uh, requirements. And in order to be ordained clergy, you must obtain a Master of Divinity. And in order to obtain that degree, there's only certain schools in the country that offer that degree. And none in the area of Lake Charles, where I'm from, offered said degree. So that meant we were moving. The closest place we looked at was Dallas, but that wasn't far enough away. I mean, that wasn't where we wanted to go. <laughs> we landed in Denver. But long story short, the, the whole point to, to do this is, is I knew we would have to go. I knew we would have to be away from home. I knew that the calling to go was there. And you want to know what my first question was whenever I finally said, okay, God, you know what my first question was? How much is this going to cost? Wasn't it? Not, oh, what lives can I change? What message can I bring? My big mouth finally goes to work for something good. None of that. How much will it cost? Was my first question. What's the price tag? And we're not talking about just money, but we're also talking about the price of being away from home, the price of being away from family, the price of being sent and being, feel like you're being dropped somewhere where you don't know anybody, you don't know nothing, the culture's different. Just all of the cost of things. And when we got through the details and, and moving day was finally there, you've heard this before, but we got there, got settled in with the help of family, and the day finally came whenever they had to go home, and the most lonely I ever felt was watching the vehicle pull out of the parking garage and Kate and I were there alone by ourselves and I never felt more lonely in my entire life now a year later Thomas joined us and so we had a party for about a year and a half later amen <laughs> but in that moment on that day the feeling of absolute loneliness we both felt as we watched the car drive away was the most Lonely I've ever felt in my entire life. <coughs> but I know now, I know now that the only cure for the natural fears that arise from being sent, the only cure that, that we have for the natural fears of being sent is the going itself is the going itself. Are you with me? Say amen. amen. The best medicine for the ailment of going is the realization that your journey means something. It's the knowledge that you're not being sent just for any reason. You are being sent on a mission from God. Your journey has a purpose, and the purpose is from God. This was a lesson that the disciples, like all of us, had to learn, and many of us have to learn personally. The price tag for me in this experience was not the cost of the trip, not the cost of living there, not all the things that we would be giving up. The price tag wound up being the experiences that we obtained, the people that we met, the opportunity just to be present with all of you here today. Had we not gone, 
I would not be standing here with you today. Roy, don't you dare say amen. Sometimes the price tag is not what we must pay in order to go. Sometimes we have to consider the price tag is what we're missing out when we say we're not going. For us, every single penny was worth it because we now know our journey meant something. And we're here with all of you today because of that. Out of this commission and what started out as a red light in the lives of the disciples came the most significant religious movement in history. Anybody want to take a guess? <laughs> Christianity. Jesus' followership <laughs> came out of this commission. Why were they willing to go even when they clearly did not understand what, might, uh, what going might mean? Why did they do it anyway? Because perhaps they realized that in going to share with others, they were in essence validating the imprint of God within themselves. That they were continuing the circle of, uh, of wonderful grace and forgiveness and salvation. Maybe, maybe they, like many of us, discovered that, that much of the path had actually already been laid out before them. And that the directions were clearer than they could have suspected. And the final destination was more wonderful, more complete, more fulfilling, and more blessed than we could ever possibly imagine. I don't know why the disciples chose to take up the commission to go, as Jesus said, because sometimes we forget they were just ordinary people, just like all of us sitting in this room today. Yet they chose to take up the commission to go. And because they did, we sit here today, just like millions around the world are worshiping Jesus today because they went. So yes, we will have red lights in our lives, but this journey of life, is incredible. This journey of life is unimaginable. This is why we go as well. Knowing that we can experience this same cycle of grace, of forgiveness, of salvation. Knowing that because of Jesus, we may have a part in transforming someone's life simply by sharing the name of Jesus. That's why we go. Some of us go to faraway places like Denver, Colorado. Some go other places. Some are called to stay right here in their home communities and change lives and transform the world here. We have all the same uncertainties, the same fears, the same concerns as our brothers and sisters before us. But like them, we go because we are sent. We go because we are sent. And we aren't just sent by anybody. We go because we are sent by God to fulfill God's mission. Every single one of you, every single one of us, are sent somewhere in this life. If God created you, and 100% of the people in here are God created, if God created you, God 
had a purpose for your life. Therefore, you are sent by God. Imagine what this world could look like if we all took up the commission to go, just like the disciples did. If 11 disciples plus whoever else was in their entourage could change the world, create a movement we now call Christianity, if 11 plus a few could do that, what would, could we do as the church in the world today if all of us took up the commission to actually go? And we did it. Our life would never be the same. The church would never be the same. And the mission to transform lives would explode with the cycle of grace, forgiveness, and salvation. What would it be like? You know, 75 to 90% of all people who come to Christ will do so through personal invitation of someone they already know. 75 to 90% will come to know Christ not because they showed up at a particular church on a certain day, not because of any other reason, but the sheer fact that someone they already know shared Jesus with them and invited them to come to Christ. Folks, the greatest evangelists in the world are not the likes of the Billy Grahams, although what a wonderful ministry he had. But the, the greatest evangelists in the world are each and every one of us. Whose life can we change this week simply by accepting the call of God to go? This is the gospel message. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. Amen.